You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. We started this psalm last Sunday, and we said in the first verse that you have to know the person of the psalm. The person is not David, although he wrote it, but the person is the Lord. He is the shepherd. He is the one who is in control. He is the one without him we could do nothing. The person is the Lord, the Jehovah, the I am God. We saw the position. The position of the Lord is he is my shepherd. Now, sometimes we like to act like we're in charge, don't we? Some, only two of us like to think that. Don't leave me up here hanging. It's going to be a long message if I'm the only one. Um, but does anybody else ever do that? You like to be in charge? And you may not admit it normally, but for this, because you know that God's watching and you know that your spouse is going to know if you're telling the truth or not. Can I tell you, we like to put things in our own hands. As a matter of fact, that's how we like it best, don't we? Because I can fix it. And I can do something about it. And I can... Uh, I can stay on the project, I can stay on the job until it's done, and I'm going to take care of it. And then what happens is life hits us hard, and trials come, and burdens come that we can't handle, things we can't fix. There's things in our lives that are a problem, and we, we can't even figure out where the problem started. And we must have a shepherd who knows what he's doing, who knows the way, and we must get ourselves back in our place and be the sheep that follow the shepherd, not trying to lead our own path, but the position. We saw, number three, the provision. The psalmist David said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say, Pastor, that's not true. I got a lot of things I want. I got a lot of things on my list. You know, some of us are like children, aren't we? We got our Christmas list. The problem is we don't wait till Christmas. You know, we've got it all year round. Got to have this and need this and all these needs. It's amazing how that works like that. But the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And if the Lord is your shepherd, if the Lord is my shepherd, then I will promise you, you're going to have your needs met and you're not going to lack. You're not going to miss out on anything. If the Lord is your shepherd, you are not going to have a miserable life because you let him lead. You're going to have a blessed life. You're going to have a happy and a satisfied and a content life as the Lord is your shepherd. I want you to notice number four we see in verse number two. It says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The green pastures, we said, that's where we feed. That's where God uh, gives us our, our, our sustenance. That's where God gives us our strength. And there are many, many ways that God feeds us. But number one, this right here is our food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, God can lead you to the green pastures, but he's not going to force you to eat. He's not going to force me to eat. It's provided. It's there. It's kind of like the manna for the children of Israel. It was there. They just had to eat it. It was there. They just had to, to get it and to take it for themselves and to uh, uh, give their provision. 
We see he leadeth me beside the still waters, the still waters where they could drink and the still waters where the waters were peaceful and calm. I'm thankful that when God is leading, it's going to be a peaceful path. I'm not saying there won't be difficulties, but I'm saying when God is leading, there will be peace and there will be calm. And the Bible says that great peace have they which love thy law. The Bible says thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. The Bible reminds us that the peace of God passes all understanding. It'll keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. He leadeth me, verse number uh, uh, three, it says, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes tonight as we look at the path, number four. I'd like to talk to you about how you can know and how I can know if we are on the right path, if we are on the path of righteousness according to these verses. Number one, if you're taking notes, I'll give you a few things to jot down, and I've already given you the first four points of the outline, but this would be a sub-point underneath number four. The path that God leads, the path of righteousness, the path of God's direction, always leads to rest. Notice what it says, he leadeth me beside the still waters. It says in verse number four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Did you know that the path that God has for you is a path of peace? It's a path of rest. Now, I understand we live in a crazy world. I understand we live in a, in a, in a society where everybody is stressed, it seems like. They're stressed at Walmart. They're stressed at Food Lion. They're stressed at the workplace. They're stressed uh, in the neighborhood. They're stressed out on the roads. And there's, I don't, I, I don't think we have this much here, but you hear about it everywhere, road rage. I mean, people can't wait 10 seconds at a stoplight. People can't wait for um, two minutes in a drive-through. Friend, do you understand if it takes less than two minutes at a drive-through, that's actually kind of scary. I mean, it makes you wonder where that food's been or how long it's been sitting there. And I'm not advocating long drive-throughs. I'm just saying we're stressed out over everything. We're in a hurry. Um, High-speed internet. I'm guilty of it. We get used to a certain speed. And if we can't push a button and instantly have it in front of us, uh, we, we blow a gasket. I mean, life is miserable for us and everybody around us because we don't have peace. When we're on the path of righteousness, I promise you there will be rest, there will be peace, there will be comfort, there will not be stress. Stress is not of God. And I understand we all go through times of stress. And I understand we all go through times of worry. And that's why we're not supposed to be anxious. We're not supposed to worry. But we're supposed to cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. Why, why would we be worried if we're following the shepherd? Well, why should we be afraid if we're following in the path of righteousness and the creator of the universe is leading the way. I want to tell you, it's going to be okay. You can rest in him. Secondly, this path leads to refreshing. I'm thankful that God restores our soul. And by the way, we go through times in our life where we are drained. We are exhausted. 
Um, I've been through and you've been through times where uh, physically you were worn out, but even more so emotionally. I mean, you almost couldn't process or you just couldn't, you couldn't even compute or you couldn't even put it all together in your mind. Friend, I want to tell you, the path of righteousness, the path that God leads is a path that will lead to restoration. I'm glad that God restores our soul. I'm glad that he gives us the joy back. I'm glad he gives you your happiness and he'll give you your purpose and maybe you've lost the smile. And we tease in church and we say, you know, hey, we're happy in the service of the king and we should be. And we say, hey, all right, don't get too excited. We're just singing about being saved. But maybe you feel like the joy is gone. Maybe you feel like the, the excitement and the thrill of your salvation. Maybe you feel like it's been zapped by this whole world. Maybe it's been the burdens, the trials and the heartaches that you've faced. I want to tell you, stay on the path that God has for you because there's restoration along the way and nobody can restore your soul like Jesus can. Nobody can give you your joy and give you your happiness pack like Jesus can, but stay on the path because it leads to refreshing and restoration. Number three, the path that the shepherd leads is a path of righteousness. You say, well, I just think I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this sin. I'm going to commit this sin. I'm going to live this way. I'm going to do, oh, no, 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 no. You can do that, but you're not on the path that the shepherd is leading. If you're on a sinful path, maybe there's something in your life that nobody knows about. Maybe it's something going on at work or maybe it's something in your home or maybe it's something on the computer or maybe it's uh, something on the television or maybe it's uh, uh, something in your heart or mind or maybe relationships that are not right. I want to tell you, you're not on the path of righteousness if that's the way you're living because our shepherd is a holy shepherd and our shepherd demands holiness. He expects holiness. You say, well, he doesn't want us to have any fun. Oh, no. The shepherd's trying to keep you out of the pit. The shepherd's trying to keep you from ruining your life and from the, the scars of sin and from the, uh, the, 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 the regrets and the shame that sin brings. The path is a path of righteousness. But then I see number four in this passage. I see this path that the shepherd leads is a path of revival. Notice with me, we'll get to this in a, in a moment also, but the psalmist David, He's contemplating what he has gone through and he's contemplating the things that he's faced. And he says in verse number four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for, would you read the next four words with me? Thou art with me. Friend, that is revival. When you come to the realization that no matter what you're going through, God is right there with you. He has never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's never abandoned you. He's never left you to figure it out on your own. God is with you. That is revival when you have and you experience a relationship with God Almighty. And you can have that relationship. And I can have that relationship every single day. We can spend time with God. Can you imagine if every single day you could spend time with uh, an, an NBA superstar? That wouldn't excite me that much, but maybe for you, you know, uh, some of these NBA and NFL superstars, uh, I, I read some, somewhere, uh, I think it was yesterday or today, somebody said the, um, 
The real heroes have been on the battlefields, not the ball fields. I thought that was a good statement. But you could be with a CEO, and you could meet with that CEO for as long as you wanted. You could meet with the president of the United States or the vice president of the United States, or you could meet with anybody in the world you wanted to, just you and that great leader, just one-on-one. It's amazing how we have that privilege every day to spend time with the creator, the king of kings. And the songwriter said, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. How come? Because we don't spend time with him. But the path that God leads is a path that leads to revival and a relationship with God. The path, are you on the right path? Am I on the right path? I hope so. I want to be. And if you're not on the right path, you can get back on track tonight. Number five, I see in this passage, I see the problems. It says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The psalmist was no stranger to tragedy. He was no stranger to heartache and to heartbreak. It's interesting of all the things he could have mentioned and all the things he could have talked about. He talked about death. But notice how David describes death in this passage. You've seen it before, and I'm sure you've heard it before. But I would be, I would be uh, amiss tonight to not point out and remind you of the fact that for the Christian, death is like a shadow. You know, a shadow cannot hurt you one little bit. A shadow can frighten you. A shadow may scare you. But a shadow's not going to do any physical harm to you. A shadow can't do that. I believe it was uh, Spurgeon that wrote and said this. He said, David said that I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. He said, oh, but he said, I got good news for you. Whenever there's a shadow, there's always a bright light on the other side. And I want to tell you, when you go through the valley of the shadow of death, there's a bright light that's shining on the other side. There's a bright light of heaven that is shining on the other side. There's the bright light of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who said, I am the light of the world. In heaven, there'll be no need for the sun or the moon or the stars because the Lamb is the light. We will have problems. There will be problems even on the path that God leads. David said, I'll go through the valley of the shadow of death, but the problems are not that hard when we have the shepherd leading the way. Would you notice with me number six? It says, I go through problems and you go through problems. And it says in verse number three, it says, He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. That's interesting. That's a good reminder. The reminder is, that our lives are not about us. It's not for our sake, it's for His sake. And specifically, it's for His name's sake that God leads us in the path of righteousness. Would you hold your place in Psalm 23, and would you turn back to 1 Samuel chapter 12? 1 Samuel chapter 12. The Bible says in verse number 22, 1 Samuel 12, 22, the Bible says, For the Lord will not forsake His people for His great name's sake. Boy, that's a, that's a promise. You can take that to the bank. 
God said, he'll not forget you because of his namesake, because of his purpose, God has said, he will not forsake us. Turn with me, if you would, back to Psalm 25. We were in Psalm 23. Notice Psalm 25 in verse number 11. It says, for thy namesake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. Boy, that's true. Our iniquities were great. Our sins were many. Uh, our, our filthiness uh, had, had filled up the room, so to speak, but God is willing to pardon us, not because of us, but because of his namesake, for his purpose, for his cause, for his reason, for his glory. He's willing to pardon us. Psalm 31, verse number three. Would you notice there, Psalm 31, verse number, no, it's not verse number three. I wrote down the wrong reference, but Psalm, uh, one of these Psalms, it says that God will lead us and God will guide us for his name's sake. You see, it's not just for us. It's not just for our purpose. It's not just for our good, although God works all things together for good to them who are called according to what? To his purpose. But for his namesake, he'll lead us, he'll guide us. Let's see if I can get another reference wrong. I mean, let's see if I can get another reference right. Psalm 79, verse 9. And I think I can read my writing. I don't think that's the problem. I think I just wrote down the wrong number. Psalm 79 and verse number 9. The Bible says, help us, O God of our salvation. Boy, that's a good prayer to pray. Lord, would you please help us? We need help. Help us, O God of our salvation, for the glory of thy name and deliver us and purge away our sins for thy name's sake. Can I tell you, we are created for his purpose, for his honor, for his glory. Turn with me, please, to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. You see, the problems we face and the difficulties we go through, there is a purpose there's a plan God's got a reason for everything we face and it's so that he can be glorified second Corinthians 4 verse number 3 the Bible says but if our gospel be hid it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And Paul said, and we ourselves, we are servants for Jesus' sake. You know, everything we do, every word we speak, every place we go, Every thought we think, it ought to be for one purpose, and that is for Jesus' sake, for His glory, for His honor. That's our purpose. Would you notice with me back in Psalm 23, I see number seven. I see the plan. The plan. God's got a plan. It says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Now, to me, that indicates, and I think you'd agree, that indicates that we don't always want to lie down in green pastures. Sometimes God has to make us, you know, like you do for your children when they don't want to clean their room or they don't want to uh, 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 clean the table or wash the dishes or take out the trash. And you say, no, you're going to do this, whether you like it or not. So you might as well like it, right? 
Because you're going to do it. I mean, you might as well enjoy it because it's good for you. Boy, I heard that so many times. And that's amazing. I use that now in my own children. It's good for you. It builds character. Oh, isn't that good? Hallelujah for that. Whew. I think I had about enough built in me when I was growing up, but I'm sure I needed more. But he maketh me. God has a plan for us, but sometimes that plan is for us to slow down. Sometimes that plan is for us to lie down in green pastures. Sometimes that plan is for us to be still. Sometimes that plan is for us to wait on him. The Bible says he restoreth my soul like charging a battery. That takes time. Again, we're so spoiled. We've got these cell phones that you can charge in a matter now of minutes or hours. Remember back when it used to take all night long to charge a cell phone battery and then you didn't use it all day long? Well, back then you couldn't afford to use it all day long because it was expensive, you know, during the day. Uh, nights and weekends were cheap, you know, whatever. But our battery, our spiritual battery needs to be restored. Our spiritual battery needs to be recharged and God knows that we need to follow his plan. Kylie is two years old and Joanna and I have said so many times, especially these last few months, we, we don't know if there's a child on the planet that likes to go places as much as Kylie. She wakes up in the morning. I'm not kidding you. First words out of her mouth in the morning. She has just woken up and she says, go bye-bye, go bye-bye. I mean, she just wants to go places. Go for a walk, go for a walk, go to playground. I mean, she just wants to do everything. She wants to go there and she wants to go there now. I was telling the, uh, the children in children's choir a month or so ago, we were out walking and everything she'd see, go there, go there. You know, somebody's, you know, some neighbor's house. We, you know, we don't know the neighbor. Can we go there? No, we can't go there. It's not our house. And then she looked, this was the funniest thing. I'm pulling her in the wagon over here on Western Drive and she looks up in the evening and she sees the moon. I said, oh, isn't that a beautiful moon? She said, go there, go there. I was like, well, not anytime soon. We're not going to the moon, but she wanted to go there. And, and as Christians, sometimes, sometimes that's how we are. Now, maybe physically we're not going anywhere, but, but emotionally or, or, or mentally or, or something, we, we, just, we feel like we've got to be going somewhere. We've got to be doing something. We've got to be finding the next thing. And God, God may be just trying to slow you down a little bit just get you to spend some time with him so he can restore your soul, so he can charge your battery, so he can fulfill his plan in your life. See, God is not in a hurry like we are. Did you know that God created the universe and it took him six days to do it? Now, I got news for you. It didn't have to take God six days. Because you know how he created it? He spoke it into existence. He said, let there be light. And there was light. God didn't have to take six days. And I'll tell you this, God did not have to take a seventh day to rest either. Because he's never weary. He's never tired. Uh, he that keepeth Israel, the Bible says, will never slumber nor sleep. God didn't need the rest. But God showed us a plan and God showed us time and God showed us that his plans don't always happen at the snap of the fingers like we want them to. Sometimes we just need to learn to wait. Number eight, I see the peace. The psalmist says, I will fear no 
evil. Now, there will be evil. There will be difficulties. But the psalmist said, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to dread. That decision is a decision that must be made ahead of time. You have to make the decision right now, tonight, and say, I don't know what's coming this week, but I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to stress because I know who the shepherd is and I can trust him. Number nine, we'll close with this. It says in Psalm 23, verse number four, for thou art with me. I see the presence. God's presence is with us. This changes everything. Because it doesn't matter where you are, if God is with you, you're going to be just fine. If you've got the presence of God, there's no struggle too big. There's no struggle that's too hard. There's no obstacle that's too much in the way that you can't make it through with the presence of God. I, I think I told this story, Mom, before you moved here. It's, I think it's probably been four or five years ago. If it's been more recent, I apologize for the repetition. When I was a boy in Rockford, Illinois, my, uh, my dad taught in the Christian school at Berean Baptist. Brother Swanson was here last year. He's now the pastor there. He was the youth pastor at the time. May have been the choir director at the time, but uh, we were there and I was, my dad was a teacher and my dad taught and at the time the, the new building had not been completed and my dad taught if you can imagine this lobby, if you can imagine this lobby being, being much bigger and wider, my dad's classroom was at the end of the lobby. Mom, you remember that? They called that like the narthex area, but there was, he actually had a classroom in a big lobby area behind the auditorium. And if you walked around the auditorium like this, there was then a hallway similar to this, and it was a two-story educational building where our nurseries and offices were. It would have been a wider hallway and some bigger rooms, and that led down to the old gymnasium there. My dad, after school, he had me come to his classroom back in that area. And uh, he said, I've got to run down to the office. I'll be right back. Well, you know, when you're a child, just a few minutes seems like an eternity. And I'm waiting for my dad and I'm waiting for my dad and he's not coming. And then, you know, you just start to thinking, you know, what's going on and where is he and what's going on? And, but I was, I was young. I think I was probably, well, I think I was probably second grade at the time, maybe first, second grade, somewhere in there. And I, and I, there was a long way to go. It was after school and pretty much everybody was gone. There was nobody back in this whole area. But then there was this hallway that led to the office. That hallway was in the afternoons, that was the daycare center. And most of the children in the daycare would take naps and all that. And they had the, the teachers and the workers in there. But there was one, there was one teacher. Her name was Mrs. Pooch. Remember Mrs. Pooch? And you know, Mrs. Pooch, she probably, she's a, she's a sweet lady, but at the time, she was one of those ladies, she was one of those teachers that scared the fire out of you. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody have a teacher like that growing up? Like you didn't know what they would do if you got in trouble, but you didn't want to find out. And that was Mrs. Pooch. And that was her domain, that daycare area. And my dad left me back here. He went to the office and he wasn't coming back. And I, I remember sneaking around here. I was looking around that corner and I just knew Mrs. Pooch was going to jump out and grab me. And I didn't know what she was going to do with me, but I just knew. I knew I was going to get punished or something, you know. And, and you say, well, what about your dad? He, he was a teacher and so he probably could have gotten me out of trouble. But I didn't want to get in trouble to begin with. I didn't want to travel down the forbidden hallway. 
without my dad being with me. Can I tell you, friend, I've got some good news for you. You don't have to travel through life without your father with you because he said he is with you. He'll never leave you. And David said, it doesn't matter if you go through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. And I'm glad that we can rest, we can trust in the presence of our God. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.